Dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf in the Warhammer worlds. Don't miss our live show on Thursdays, but for now, you've got us on sloppy seconds with our podcast with the Grimdark Gang. It's time once again for Grimdark Live. And uh, you know what? I want to I want to thank everybody for, uh, for for hanging in there with us, man. Uh, while we uh, while we worked out some of these technical difficulties, um, uh, we got a, we got an update, and uh, we are we are blowing through it. So so how's the audio now? High class white trash, man. He's our he's our he's our ears out there, man. He's he's our oracle. He's telling us how things are, man. Are we doing good or are we still like sound like we're in a tin can? All right, all right. High class white trash is affirming that that we actually know what the hell we're doing. Sort of, sort of, sort of. All right. So, uh, so here we are. You know, even though it was a little bit of a rough start, we kind of tripped over our, our weenies here on tonight's show. But we are going to get rolling because, you know, we gotta, we got to actually have a great show ahead of us. Guys, we got, we got a lot to go through in the news. Uh, and this one, this one we kind of knew uh, what we were going to be going up against. Um, there was a lot of stuff we had to cover. And you want to know something? Um, Chuck's not with us. We all know that. Uh, he's he's got to go out and do that adulting responsible stuff. I don't even know how to spell responsible. Justin, Randy, how do you spell responsible? Now, see that? Went out the win- that went out the window a while ago. Yeah, I, I have, I have. It's definitely, definitely not spelled P-A-T. It, well, yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, um, I, th- I think it's spelled, I think it's spelled P-H-U-C-K-I-T. <laughs> All right. Anyway, moving on. So, uh, but yeah, you know, we're we're gonna be got the, we got a rumor engine, we got a real good one, and I think this is gonna lead into something. Now, if you guys went back and listened to our show from about three months ago, maybe maybe two months ago, we talked about a potential new army that was gonna be coming out. That's gonna feed into our uh, our rumor engine, and then we got uh, some some uh, another Warhammer community Warhammer TV preview this Saturday. I mean, guys, I mean, I, here we go again with these things. I kind of like what what this is becoming. This uh, um, I don't know how to put it. This um, this new thing that Warhammer TV is doing with these with these reviews or these these look aheads or whatever you want to call them. Like every we get like one a month almost, or you know, sometimes two. It's, right. Uh, really nice, actually. Yeah. Good, good look ahead. Yeah, they they really are. They really are. I like uh, um I like I like I like what they do. And we also got we got some stuff about maybe some vampires coming up. We're going to talk about the white dwarf and what they're doing with all these crazy ass battalions. And then we got some mega gargants. Yeah, guys, I know we got to keep talking about them, but I got a little bit of a twist that I want to talk about because you know what? I'm all in. I'm going to say that right now. Justin, are you in with these big bastards? Not yet. What the hell? Uh, you're supposed to be positive here. All right. Um, I'm, I'm coming up with the counter lists. Oh, see, you would. See, folks, that, that's what you You know, and actually, you know, I got I to gotta tell you this. I love the fact that you do that, Justin, because it makes the games a hell of a lot more interesting. You know, whenever somebody thinks they got the meta, Justin comes in and he's like, look, I'm here to ruin your Saturday. That's exactly what he does. It's good stuff. So, Randy, I, I, this is a stupid question because, folks, for a lot of you people that already know Randy, who's the nicest guy in tabletop wargaming, this guy is... Games Workshop. As a matter of fact, he legally changed his name to Randy, the nicest guy in tabletop wargaming. Games Workshop. I have more models than you. Ha ha. You know that that's his full name. Randy, you care to comment on that? See, he's he's speechless. You know, you kicking my legal name out there. You know, it's just unprofessional. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. You know, I I shouldn't I shouldn't do that. But hey, you know, at least I didn't show those pictures about that one time at that place that we took. Remember those? 
Yeah, I know, but that, those are those are those are awful confidential. Yeah, I didn't even know you knew how to do gymnastics. Did you know, Justin? You were really, you were really just digging into that hidden archive today, aren't you? Uh, you know what? I mean, Justin, did you, did you know Randy was such a you know? I don't know. He I don't know he could do gymnastics. Well, I knew he was nimble, but not that nimble. Nimble, yeah. nimble. I think I've been to that country. Anyway. <laughs> So so yeah, and you know we so we, we got a lot of good stuff, and you know as I said, Chuck's not with us tonight, so you know Chuck, uh, I hope I uh, hope you're adulting and you're responsible stuff. Yeah, I think I think responsible is spelled uh, P H U C K I T. I think that's it. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think Chuck, whatever you're doing, buddy, we hope to see you back here next week with the uh, with the Grimdark Gang. So uh, so folks, we're gonna get rolling. But here's the thing: before we get going, you know, obviously we've got I almost forgot about we got the question of the day and we got the closing thoughts towards the end of the show. But here's the thing: before we before we get all through that. Um, I'm going to give everybody a setup here for the question of the day. Now, don't answer it now. Don't answer it now, or, you know, Randy will no longer be the nicest guy in tabletop wargaming if you answer it early. you got to wait. you got to wait. Have a little patience, man. They say that's a virtue. How do you spell that? No, I'm kidding. So here's the question of the day. Does GW have an obligation to create a starter set for each army, or are some armies considered too elite to have this sales feature? So let's... um. Let's think about that one. I mean, you know, guys, what do you think? That, that's going to be a pretty good, uh, uh, a pretty good question of the day, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think it will. I mean, it's an extensive question, so. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, folks, we are going to be right back with the news, so hang tight. We'll be right back. Hey, you grimdark goons. Thank you all so much for listening to our Grimdark Live podcast. If you're new to the Grimdark Live experience or new to our podcast and like what you hear, please follow this podcast and pass us along to your friends. Let us know what you think about Grimdark Live in the show's comment sections, and let us know just how we're doing. Also, don't forget to catch us live on Thursdays. And if that isn't enough for you, check out our website at www.grimdarklive.com. That's grimdarklive.com. Anyway, thanks for listening, following, and just being awesome. Okay, gang, listen up. Breaking news here on Grimdark Live. Canadian wildlife officials from biologists, herpetologists, anthropologists, entomologists, psychiatrists, and gynecologists haven't confirmed as fact that rhinos are indeed fat Canadian unicorns. And if that ain't awesome enough coming out of Canada, let me tell you about another great Canadian company and sponsor to Grimdark Live. Six Squared Studios. Check this out. Six Squared Studios. I'll say it again. Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios are the real terrain nerds you all need to be getting your terrain from. Get your commercial laser-cut MDF bases silicone molds for resin prints, game and hobby accessories like 15 to 28 millimeter terrain, 15 to 28 millimeter figures, and 15 to 28 millimeter vehicles, and a lot more. Get your nerd on with Six Squared Studios. Check them out at sixsquaredstudios.ca. Again, that's sixsquaredstudios.ca. And if you tell them Grimdark Live sent you, they may let you pet a unicorn. Oh boy. Look at that horn!
Six Squared Studios. Tabletop Terrain by Expert Nerds for Exceptional Nerds. Now, back to our regularly scheduled news here on Grimdark Live. I think I tapped the wrong horn. Six Squared Studios. Tabletop Terrain by Expert Nerds for Exceptional Nerds. All right, we are back, man. We got the news. We are going to be running into this one. So um, we actually got a lot we got to get into here, guys, because I think I think we're going to start off, obviously. Let, let's start off with the rumor engine. But, you know, everybody strap in, man, because we uh, we got uh, we got a lot we're going to be going through. So here's the first thing I want to get into, man. We got the rumor engine. So here it is. I mean, what do you guys think this is? I mean, is this Sylvaneth? Is it something from Black Fortress? You know, I, I'm torn between is this cute or freaking creepy? I, I have no idea. Uh, folk, guys, what, what do you think, man? What, what are we looking at here? I think we're looking at Black Fortress. You think so? All right. Yeah, I like that, that one. Me, that reminds me of that, uh, was it the Umber Hulk or whatever I think is what it was called? Yeah. From Black Fortress, the giant beetle. So that looks like a larval form of that giant beetle. And okay. They're putting an army out for him. That's, uh, that's what that is. Maybe, maybe we we might be onto something here. We're going to be talking about that here probably in just about about three seconds. But Randy, what do you think, man? What are we looking at? I I hope it's not related to Malarian or any of the dark elves that are going to be supposedly coming up. I I hope not. But but Randy, what are we looking at here, man? Yeah, I don't really think like the dark elves and stuff would come out of like caves and everything. Uh, Black Fortress also or Warhammer Quest. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's kind of what I thought when I first saw it. Um, uh, but but here's here's something that I kind of want to throw out there to everybody, and, and let me know what you guys think. I mean, maybe that's the AOS bug people race that got hinted back at the Beast Grave. Do you guys remember this? We, we talked about this about two months ago here on the show. I don't know if you guys recall this or not. But uh, as I said, back about two months ago, uh, we had all got hints from Beast Grave of the silent people, and, and immediately we thought, hey, this, could, this, might, this might actually be bug people of some kind and i think if this happens it'll be a destruction faction that's my early call but i mean guys before i kind of keep yammering on about this because this one kind of got me a little bit excited i mean you guys remember this obviously we talked about this right i mean probably, i mean it's a, it's a, it sounds like a good uh, string of logic there in all honesty i mean mm-hmm. if you look at the numbers they just balanced out destruction and death of four armies each right but they still have a lot of catch-up to do in terms of order and chaos mm-hmm. so if they add another you know destruction army that would be awesome maybe these might even be a death army yeah if you think of it because i mean hell insects are notorious for feeding on the dead and that kind of thing and well so, it could be chaos too look at nurgle with the maggots very very, very true very you know true. there's a lot of ways this could go yeah but i i think when you go look back at, at, at the story arc you know to me it's 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 uh this is a good one i, I think this is one of the better um rumor engines because i think i think if you if you look at the picture again and and we, we kind of take a look at uh, uh what what it potentially could be i mean uh, that that's where i first thought it could be it could be bug people you know but uh, i mean i know that high class white trash he thinks it's necromunda so maybe back in 40k i mean it could be it, it could be it could be an, <clears throat> uh, an umbral hulk for necromunda that and they may have an expansion where you go into a layer of an umbral hulk or something like that yeah you know, yeah it, it, it could it could be it could be I mean here here's the other thing that I think I mean how about this Let, let's 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 take let's take kind of your train of thought there Justin and Randy before we go further I mean let, let's hear it man what do you think what are we looking at yeah I'm thinking you know, uh, the rogue trader box for uh, kill team like had that that's that, that small Nurgle faction that had all the like 25 millimeter like insect bases you know? right 
So like, you know, I can I can see you know, like a demons of Nurgle coming out that are specifically like you said like, uh, like bone eating insects. Sure. Combat, you know the the rise of the like the bone reapers. Right. So. Right. Right. Yeah, you know, it, 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 but let, let's look at it this way. Let, let's take what you guys are saying, and let's kind of tie together a little bit of what about what you know, high class white trash is saying with the 40k. And how about this? And then of course I got to tie my own thing in, man, because I said insect people, the silent people, and I'm hoping it's destruction because right now that's my absolute favorite faction. But how about this? Let's bring on the destruction race with an insectoid fantasy type tyranid thing in, in 2021, huh? Come on, how cool would that be? Actually, might tie into last week's rumor engine with the tyranid-looking tail strapped to a rock. I it could, dude. I bet you're right. I, I think that could be it because, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you think about they group them in like you know two or three in a row. They, yeah, they usually they usually yeah. do two three in a row. They're usually part of a faction or something right. like that, or they're part of a campaign box set or something that's coming out of one of the main games. Yeah. So this could be dropped into Necromunda. It could be dropped into anything, actually. Right. Yeah, yeah I mean, an insect-like type faction would really be awesome. I, I think when we first started talking about this about two months ago, and it was being hinted at in some of the story arc, I was all in. I thought that it would be something that would be, be really good to see. And, and they would really just have to be different enough so people wouldn't be comparing them to, say, Tyranids in 40K. I mean, maybe having the, maybe maybe not giving them any type of a hive mind would help, but rather they act with their own initiative and free will to a certain extent, or, or better yet, you know, have them an actual leader, such as like a, a Catacros or an Alarial, uh, which, you know, obviously we all know that the Nids don't have because of the whole hive mind thing. You know, maybe have like a Queen Bee or something like that. I don't, I, don't, I have no idea. So. Okay. That triggered a little bit of train of thought. Maybe this might be part of the the new Wood Elf faction. Maybe, yeah. Maybe that's a little like a Lario Leg Day Beetle, you know, st- you know, popping out of the. Uh... No, I, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking the Kurnoff. Okay. Hunters. Yeah. Okay. You know, maybe something in the Kurnoff Hunters side of it because they're known for hunting creatures and beasts and taming them and using them to their advantages. Right. Right. Maybe that chained beast is part of the Kurnoff Hunter faction. You know, it could be that too. I mean, but you know, you know the the, the tail that 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 whippy, you know, Tyranid esque oh, tail. Sure. You know, you know that that was that, that one kind of would make me think not. But I mean, it could be a different kind of a beast. But no, I I'm really I'm going to stick to it, man. I really hope this is a a destruction kind of insect type of uh, type of army. I hope it's destruction or something else. We have too many order and chaos factions. We need, we need more destruction and more death factions. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So let's keep rolling, man. So we, we got the Warhammer preview that's going to be happening again this Saturday. I mean, this is going to be a new Warhammer TV. This Saturday is going to be coming out. And, uh, you know, this hobby of ours, you know, hasn't already felt like a roller coaster ride already. I mean, you know, the, with with the Anvil of Apotheosis, the Lumineth Realm Lords, the new Trogoth Battalion, and the, and the White Dwarf, which we're going to be touching on here in a minute, and, and finally Sons of Behemoth. You know, we we have more to reveal this Saturday. That that's what I that's when I first saw this. I was like, really? They're they're they got more stuff. Like what what? I mean, obviously for four. And and look, even though we're not a forty k show, what else could they possibly release for forty k? I mean, that's what blows my mind. Okay. Good chunk of it's going to be Blood Bowl. Yeah. I think they're like showing off uh, from one of the rumor engine pictures that I think there's a ref model or something coming for Blood Bowl and some other stuff like that. Possibly 
um, new factions, something of that matter. I mean, to tie in with all the other stuff they've done, because we had a new release of Blood Bowl. So yeah. We had a new update on that, too. So. Yeah, well, you know what? I don't, I don't know what the glory side is going to cover, but Gridiron basically tells you. Well, yeah, obviously, obviously it's going to be. Well, well, here's the thing. I mean, we 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 kind of. You're right. We've been getting hints on what the show is going to be focusing on. We know it's going to be Blood Bowl, Warhammer Underworlds, and Warcry with you know the new models and extensions that were showed over the last uh, week and couple weeks previous. But you know what's strange to me about this gang is that that there's news from Blood Bowl. I'm going to go back to what you just said, Justin, because okay, now we're going to be getting Blood Bowl. It, it's already known which is going to be the next Blood Bowl team. I mean, we've been talking about this for, you know, almost three months now. I mean, we know that it's going to be the, the Treeman is yet to come. We know that the, the new edition has it has in the box, you know, less than two different types of miniatures. And all, all the Treeman rules, all that, all that team's rules have already been leaked. So I, I, I kind of feel like that they're maybe, you know, ringing out the old bar rag a little bit when they're going to talk about, you know, Blood Bowl. Uh, to me, you know, I, I think it would be very rare for GW to show even more things with with all with all this still pending. But um, that's why I was a little shocked about what what they could possibly be having to show us. Wasn't there a rumor on cheerleader models and things like that that we were were coming to the pipeline? So maybe they're revealing that kind of stuff. You maybe. Yeah. I mean, I thought, I thought there was a rumor out there for like a cheerleading model. Maybe, yeah. I, I, I'm not exactly sure, to be honest with you. I wasn't, I wasn't aware of it, but, um, uh, yeah, there could be, there could be. Randy, did you hear anything like that? Yeah, I haven't really, yeah, heard that many rumors. So. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> but if we were, if we were to go back and look at the other box game, I mean, we take Warcry for instance. I mean, likewise with Warcry. I mean, we, we've seen the the Catacombs box set and all of its contents. So I'm hoping for something more, maybe. Uh, perhaps something along the lines of a Flesh Eater Quartz Warband. I mean, we, we've, been, we've been tossing that around between Vampires or Flesh Eater Quartz with a lot of the previous rumor engines in the past. So I'd like to see something like that. But beyond that, I mean, even with Warcry, they've, like I said, with the Catacombs and things like that, they've been kind of tickling us with information all along. So um, I, I, maybe we just answered our own question. Maybe what, what they're going to be revealing, you know, this uh, this Saturday uh, is going to be heavier on the 40K side, I would imagine, then. I, because, we, like I said, we already know Blood Bowl, we already know Warhammer Underworlds, and Warcry, for the most part, we already know. So, well, we'll just have to see on Saturday. Yeah, and I, I, I hope they will also pre- be preview something about the new saga of, of Age of Sigmar and, and the book uh, Marathi. You know, we, we talked about that one a couple of weeks ago, uh, that new book coming out. It would be nice to have a little more information on that one. Yeah, yeah, because... That's, that's, that's supposed to flip our world on its ears, so... Well... Well, uh, hasn't that already happened? You know, and, and as a side note, I know we're going to be getting into the, the Sons of Behemoth here, but I think that's already pretty much happened. I mean, it was really nice to see from kind of the doldrum, and we're going to be talking about the Sons here in a minute, but the doldrum that, that the, the community was kind of in with the Lumineth Realm Lords. Don't let anybody get mad at me. I, I, I like what the army do with the mechanics, the aesthetics. Look, let, let's face it, it, was, it, it, it's been limping out of the gate. So let, let's just let's just call it the way we way it is. But um, it has, but it has been picking up steam too. So well, yeah, I, I think, I, and we knew that that would happen as well. You know, mm-hmm. um, but speaking of an army, if this is what I think it could be, even if it's even if it's just you know books and all that kind of stuff, 
Uh, we got a hint. I don't know if you guys saw this, but Nightcap Nancy's in. We got this uh, this another Hammer Hall notification that came out, uh, and they were kind of throwing this around back on Tuesday. And it's a hint for an actual vampire, Soul Blight, possibly. And, and I know somebody that's been been waiting for these for a long time. I mean, Steve uh, and, and a lot of people out there are really looking forward to getting their hands in the Soul Blight. I mean, are we eking ever closer to Soul Blight? You think? Do you think this could be the end of the Legions in the Gosh Book, and we could be we could be moving into a, a whole separate standalone faction in Soul Blight? What do you guys think? I think Legion's going to be replaced by Soul Blight. Um, they'll probably do Soul Blight, have all the vampires and the separatory houses of the vampires in one book. Right. Um, you know, that picture had a Lamian vampire on it. So that leads me to thinking houses again. Right. Yeah. Okay. Randy, what do you think? Yeah, like, like Steve said, good, good old-fashioned vampires. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'd like to see them come back with something like 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 we always talked about, you know, like Nosferatu kind of uh, kind of vampires. You know, if any one of them starts sparkling in the sun, that's it. I'm done. It's over with. Um, oh, no. Glitter out. All right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, but I mean, it, you know, I, I like the idea, and I know a lot of people said, "Oh no, it's not, it's not Soul Blight. It's going to be some new books you know, that, that are coming out on the faction," and th- that's fine too. I think anything they can start doing to start moving it in that direction, I think, is a positive thing to do. Right. Anything to take a, a book that in all honesty, is a dead book. I mean, Legion of the Gash, yeah, it's playable to a point, but for the most part, it's a yeah. dead book. Yeah. Anything to take that dead book out of the lineup and get fresh new feelers into the area or new depth into the area, right. hey, let's do it. Because that's what needs to be done to keep the faction going. And yeah, we got OCR Bone Reapers last year, and it was a great, they're a great army. They are. But we're, you negated 60% of the of all the death models that are on GW's list by taking the legions and segmenting. It. Yeah, yeah, but but I like what they've done, you know, uh, and I and I, I like the fact. That, and I wonder I wonder if if, if like Cities of Sigmar is going to get the same treatment. Maybe. I don't think so. You know. I don't think so. Yeah. Anyway, that's. I think if if we get a Cities of Sigmar 2.0 book, we might actually see more of the Empire stuff pull into it. That was from the legend side of it. If they bring anything back at all, yeah, right. Well, let, let me answer a great question that just popped up on the chat from Jason Moss. He said, uh, "Does GW, uh, you know, do advertisements for Warhammer Fantasy role play on these types of things ever? No, not really. Not since uh, not since the the Square Base campaign came out, where they introduced they're going to bring you back the old world in about like two or three years or whatever it is." Um, and, and, but, but not really the, the, most of the hammer hall stuff is strictly for age of Sigmar. Now, I mean, could they, could they tie that back in later? Sure. I mean, I, I why not tie the two IPs together? But, um, right now, nah, Jason, nothing like that, bud, nothing like that at all. So, so, but, but here's something that moving on from this, cause I, th- I think here's the thing, guys, I think we're going to get a soul blight, uh, vampire army. Now we originally thought it was going to be towards the end of the year. I don't think that's going to happen anymore. I think, you know, we're already, we're already, you know, we're already looking up the skirt in November already sitting here in October. So I don't think, I don't think that's going to happen, but I will say that uh, probably within the, maybe the end or late first quarter next year, you know, 2021, let's just, I think they're catching, catching up on the six that they currently have. Sure. COVID. Sure. That's where all these previews are hitting. That's where all these surprise goodies are coming out. Cause now, I mean, you got Luminef done. You got Sons of Behemoth done. Those were introduced way back before everything hit. Mm-hmm. And now we're getting into the second half or their fourth quarter product that they were going to release now. 
of course, that's got to be pushed. So sure. they're showing it right. instead of pushing it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, um, we'll, we'll wait to see, but let's move on, man. we got a lot going on here in the news, folks, so, so hang tight. we got a lot of good information, and this one is pretty exciting. White Dwarf has done it again. So I don't know if you guys have seen the new White Dwarf, but i got it right here, man. Here's the whole thing, this nice, beautiful White Dwarf, number 457 right here. And I've got it in my sweaty palms already. But the White Dwarf, the new Trogoth Battalion, this is Glog's Mega Bomb Battalion. And look, if you've all been pay paying, yeah, if you guys have all been paying attention uh, to the additions of the Tome Celestial, you know, you'd be remiss to not have noticed the 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 love Gloomspite Gits have been getting. And let me just say this before I ask you guys your thoughts on this, if you guys have even seen this yet. Uh, and, and look, the the last of these of these multiple Tome Celestials have really played a big part with the Gloomspites. More specifically, the last four Tome Celestial Battle Tome releases or uh, Battalion releases. I'm sorry, three of them have been for destruction. I mean, if we go back to the White Dwarf 451, that was Dakbad's uh, brawl from the Iron Jaws. Uh, White Dwarf 455 gave us two separate battalions for the Squigs, the, the Moon Jumper Stampede and the Moon Biter Squigalanche. And these Tome Celestial Battalions that are found in the White Dwarf have been a, really a theme since February of 2019, starting with the Stormcast uh, Hammerhands Battalions, which were, which were three, I believe, in, in that particular issue. Um, but I, I got I to gotta tell you, I mean, this... Um, th this... This... Uh, well, this release, um, you know, I, I got to tell you, here it is. White Dwarf, number 457. You know, all you Trogoth players and, and Trogoth opponents better listen up because GW has given the Troll Army a 160-point shot of nuclear-grade, you know, battalion of mega proportions. I mean, this thing is going to be uh, this thing is going to be brutal. I mean, have you guys actually looked into this thing and seen what this thing is? The, uh, the, the stomping mega bomb? I haven't seen it. All right. Well, I haven't seen the, the composition of it, but I've heard that it's supposed to be pretty nasty. Well, you know, it is really nasty. It is pretty, pretty fun. Yeah. <laughs> Randy, give, give us give us a high low of this thing, man. You know, educate us. Let us know. Well, not only not only do your uh, your unit of nine trolls, you know, five come back strong on a four plus out of the cave. <laughs> the uh, the entire uh, battalion actually like can break combat, like throw their rocks and then the combat. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So let yeah. So let let's walk this back. I mean, for 160 points, you can say it's 160 points. You know, uh, you you get the stomping mega bomb. You know, what could be so bad about that? Well, just like what Randy said, think about this now. Trolls themselves uh, are in the ballpark of uh, I think their attacks are three attacks, two inch reach, threes by threes, negative two damage three. Okay, that that's just a normal troll. Now, a two-inch reach, that means if you have a unit of nine with their 40-inch bases, you're going to be able to get all of them into combat. Possibly a 12-troll uh, Trogoth unit, right, Randy? Can't you get all – I mean, if you have – Yeah, 12, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, guys, that's that's 36 attacks. Now, yep. let's just say it's nine, right? Let's say that, you, you know, because most people are playing, especially with this battalion, you're going to see a lot of people out there with three units of nine of these – of whatever mix of Trogoths um, – with this 160-point battalion, because you essentially lose, you know, three Trogoths, I guess, for, for that 12-man unit. But, I mean, it, let's boil all the water out of the pot and look what look at how dangerous this is. Let's say you were lucky to kill a model that's got a 5-plus save by now, with this battalion, a 3-plus regen. We forgot to mention that one, Randy. Now let's say you're lucky enough to kill this 9-Trogoth unit. Five of them come back out of the loon shrine 
not wholly within, but within 12 inches of it. I mean, the, the implications of what these battalions are going to be able to do uh, look, we, we knew, we knew that, uh, what they did for the squigs, you know, what back in, back in white dwarf 455, what those battalions did for the squigs were, were pretty outstanding. We have the same, we, we I mean, I can't tell honestly, guys, and, I, and I'm, I'm a destruction player. Uh, we got a lot of the guys in our, in our gaming group that are destruction players, specifically, you know, rock gut trogoffs, uh, two that I can think of, right gang, two guys and in, in our, in our gaming group, at least two. Yeah. Yep. But I can't tell if this is extremely overpowered or criminal. Look, I, and I love it. I love it. But that's why I said to everyone, all you Trogoth players out there, pay attention. And all you people that play against Trogoths, pay attention. Because this took a pretty resilient army. Like, typically, they got a 5-plus save with a 4-plus regen. Now this army's got a 5-plus save, armor save, with a 3-plus regen. You knock out, you know, gosh forbid you knock regen, out a... Regen is not their after save. Exactly. It's still a five plus. The regen is during the, the command phase. You uh, get that many wounds back. Yep. Right. The healing part. Right. So. Exactly. Plus one to the healing roll, not the after save. Yeah. And here's the other thing. How about this one? The Aether Quartz Studded Hide. This is where you roll a dice each time you allocate a mortal wound to the bearer. On a five plus, that mortal wound is negated. So, so you got to remember, guys. They already have a ward save. Yeah. They already have a ward save. They already have a normal ward save on their war scroll. The 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 rock guts do. Right. Uh, right, because the the, the fell waters don't have that, but yeah, but that gets to the fell waters. Well, that's yeah, your general, that's your relic. Exactly. Yeah. But you know, honestly, when when I look at this, when I look at this thing, I I say to myself, this was written. Obviously, you know, if you, when you guys when you guys read the article, I know that Randy, you've seen it. I'm I've got it, you know, right here in my sweaty palms. But um, when the rest of you folks out there read this thing, um you're going to notice that it's kind of written and with the, with the authors, you know, kind of, uh, esque of a rock gut Trogoff's army. But I got to tell you, I think this thing is to bolster the usage and the sales of the Fellwaters Cause you really haven't been seeing a lot of them slimy bastards on the table at all. Um, but here's the thing, Randy, back me up on this. Units can, can, can retreat and charge and retreat and shoot. That six-inch puke thing now is. Think about it. The Fellwaters are in a fight. They really can't. They really. They really don't want to be in. They retreat out. They vomit. They charge back in. That's that's a mechanic that I think people are going to exploit. Yep. So, for 160 points, you know, honestly, guys, if if I ever thought the battalions that came out of the White Dwarf 451 or you know. The, when they first started this thing in February or, you know, in 455 or 453, if I ever thought that anyone could, by the way, if for your, your Oceanic Bone Reaper people out there, if you ever want to check out a great one, you know, go look at White Dwarf 453. They, 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 they made a pretty darn good army even better out of that. So, so they got a habit of doing this in this Tome Celestial. But I think this one right here, by and large, pound for pound, hands down. I'll say this. If you, if, if you got people out there that are not a Trogoth player right now, get into it. Get into it while you got this battalion because the army's already resilient, tough as heck, and now you're going to throw this thing on there, guys. I mean, are, are you are you smelling what I'm cooking here? Well, yeah. I mean, you just added a whole other layer of tactical ability to an army that already had a staying power. Yeah. So now that now the Trogoth players have to be a little more choosy where their shrine goes. 
right. especially if they want to get those trogs that are coming back into combat quicker. But not being restricted to a holy within 12 of it means you can't surround it and lock them down either. So, I mean, yeah. you can't just sit there and put a 30-man unit around that shrine and say, okay, you got nowhere to place your unit because you got to be nine inches away from me, and you're screwed. So, right. I mean... Right. And, and you know... And, that's... Yeah, you're giving, you're giving a tactical advantage to an army that already has an advantage. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I think, um, you know, I, I think, I th- don't get me wrong, I think this was written for the majority of the all Trogoth players out there, you know, people that aren't going to have a mixed bag of, you know, squigs or, you know, grots or anything in their army. But I also think that this was definitely bolstered. If you really read into it, and, and you, I think this was definitely bolstered to you get get Fellwaters back out on the table because I've been seeing nothing but rock guts all over the place. And don't get me wrong, I, I, but I happen to like the Fellwaters. I know that a couple of guys in our group don't like them. But I'm actually happy to see the classic Trogoth troll, you know, one of them get back on the uh, get back on the table. So, um, but yeah, this this Glog's Mega Bomb uh, Battalion is uh, a game break. This is a game changer. Absolutely, it is. So, uh, I would recommend everybody that wants to try to think about getting into this man, um, get out there and, and, and grab this uh, this this current White Dwarf number four fifty seven because this battalion is 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 great stuff. Plus, you know. Great, great lore in these in these magazines, but uh, guys, anything to say on the uh, the Trogos before we, we roll on to our next uh, bit of news here, our final bit of news, our our big, our giant bit of news. Gigantes. Yeah. No, Gigantes. The Gigantes. All right. No, right. Trogos are going to be another army to contend with. So. Well, they already are. They already are, and well, and the, now, and now more so. Yeah, and this just gave them literally a, a shot in 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 the arm. So here we are, guys. We got the Sons of Behemoth. Uh, we got we got the Mega Gargans, Sons of Behemoth. You know, and, and this weekend sees the Sons of Behemoth ending up in all of our sweaty palms. Now you can you can finally get the Mega Gargant, the Man Crusher Gargant box set, which is kind of cool. They they got they got two versions inside. They're going back to what they what they promoted for a little while with the Ale Guzzler Gargants. It's a dual box for the Man Crushers again. You're gonna be able to get the War Scroll cards and the and the Battle Tome. Uh, without question, I'm in, guys. I'm in. I, I've I've already ordered the Battle Tome cards. I got one Mega Gargant coming coming in that I'm gonna make as a War Stop and I'm going to have nine man crushers in my 2000 point army. And, um, and, and that's, and that's what I'm running. I, I want to see what I can do and, and make a go with it. But, um, so, so Justin, you, you said that you're coming up with a, with a meta against the Gargans. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Yeah. You care to share that with any curious people here on the show? Um, so I've got two separate area ideas for how to deal with the man, with the man, with the Gargans in general. The okay. One is, a, one is a speed shooting list that basically is um, like uh, out, outriggers and uh, pistoliers. Ah, okay. Tempest All right. Gotcha. You're going to be moving 14 to 16 plus inches, firing 17 inches at a time, yeah. and they never can catch you. Right, so yeah, yeah. Flying high and shooting. Yeah, just... just Gun, run and gun because they're also battle lines so that your entire army can be built out of them. Yep. The other one um, was, of course, high tank, bringing in Greywater Fastness and as much artillery barrage or tank barrage as I can, you can muster in the points. And now that those have come down, you can build five tanks effectively. Sure. And sure. That's, that, you concentrate every single firepower from your tanks on to a Gargant, he's done. Oh, that's true. That's true. Randy, what about you, man? Are you are you into these guys? I mean, I know it's a dumb question because we we already given everyone your your full name. 
Yes, I have. I have stuff on stuff on order. <laughs> I'm sure, man. And, 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 guys, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. It's like his his entire he. I think, all, in all fairness, wasn't, wasn't the starter box one of each? <laughs> oh my gosh! You see that? You see that, folks? You see that? Yeah, uh, but that's but that's Randy for you, man. I, it was a stupid question even asking you, Randy, if you were going to be getting into these guys. It was a stupid question. You probably you probably have four of each, right? Yeah, you never know. Exactly. But but that's not really the point of of this news piece that I wanted to kind of touch on. You know, obviously, yeah, everyone's going to be having their gargants and their sweaty palms and all their cards and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but and, and and look, guys, we we know by now that, and we already know that every glue sniffing, dice chucking, webcam, you know, um, you know, gamer has already gone through the book and and even some early battle reports we've seen. Uh, but but I'd like to take a look at quickly how the giant mercenaries will be utilized and try to shed a light on on you know just maybe some of the folks out there that may not want an entire gargan army because that's one thing I noticed that a lot of people when they were touching on the battle tome they kind of skimmed over the mercenary part and the bat the the battle reports were generally a thousand point you know all gargan armies and i thought well what about the people like like a lot of the guys in my own gaming group and even even like with myself with my beastie boys you know i may I, i'm gonna run one as, as as a mercenary so you know and i gotta be honest with you i like what they've done with the mercenary rules as a side note and and i also know plenty of folks that like i said are into this faction to totally bolster their already established army as a mercenary unit and the Sons of Behemoth Battle Tome, it, it already includes rules to add a named mercenary to your army. But we kind of knew that already, right? Yeah, the majority of people that I've talked to are basically like, I'm ordering one to add to my army, not making an army of them. Right, right. And that's why I was saying, of all the stuff I saw on the boards and, and you know, YouTube and all the different things over the over the last, you know, three days since, since a lot of the people are already had it broken was I didn't see anybody talking about the mercenary side of it. And I thought that you're, you know, like we've always said about the, about the Sons of Behemoth, you're going to see more of the mercenary side of it than anything, I would think, you know. Well, that's probably where I'm going to end up, is buying one just to use as a mercenary for right. my order side. So let's, let's talk about that. It to have one. Yeah, exactly. So well, then, then you're gonna be you're gonna be uh, you're gonna be with the uh, the Kraken Eater. But let's 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 talk about this. I mean, rules aside, here here are the rules for these guys. With the mercenaries, you can take only one. Uh, you can go over the the merc points. You know, which you can take one behemoth and uh, leader slot. And of which, just like the mercenary rules, you're you, you've lost your first command point. Uh, you gain for turn one. So that that happens. You know, it's almost like it's you, you got to pay to play that 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 gargan. Uh, GW has also decided to limit each Mega Gargant you can take based on your faction allegiance. So, you know, you know, you know, order, death, destruction, chaos. Um, each Gargant, uh, as a mercenary has a, has a special ability. And, and I'd like to real quickly kind of touch on them because we've talked about them in the past, but we've never really dug deep at each, and at each one of these at any point. So is it okay, guys? If we just let, let's, uh, Justin, I'm going to start with yours, man. We're going to start with the Kraken Eater with with his special ability. This guy, he's got a, he's got a special ability called Dead Cunning for a Gargant. Uh, basically, uh, what what this is is the Gargant fights at the end of the combat phase, but gets to re-roll hit rolls for all of his attacks. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna zip it real quick, and I'm gonna Justin, I'm gonna throw that to you when when you when you see his special ability. You're planning on playing this guy in your order army. You're going to get a Kraken Eater for order. What do you think about that? Personally, it's a two-edged sword. So yeah, okay. Versus, in, versus a model 
that or a character that makes you strike last, okay, then you're definitely going to use it. Versus a 30-man horde of dudes with axes that are going to chop your legs out from under you, right. there's no way in hell you're going to use it. Or a 9 or or a 9 or 12 Trogoth unit. Right, exactly, because they're going to sweep your they're going to sweep the knee before you even get a chance to do your your rerolls. So yeah. You you're better off you're better off saving that ability or if you're fighting, say, Ivan Deepkin, where they're going to strike first anyway, in turn three, hey, guess what? My Kraken is going to go last because he doesn't have a choice. Sure. You know? Or, sure. Or someone's walking around with a trinket that makes you strike last. Well, okay, then I'm just going to use my ability to automatically re-roll since I already have to strike last. So right. It, it's kind of a double-edged sword as to when you're going to use it and when you're not. Especially yeah. being that they're mercenary-based. They're not going to feed on all the other bonus rules out of the Guardian book, just basically. Right. Their own, their own rule is what they have. Yeah, that's true. Randy, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, when we talk about dead cunning for a Guardian, I mean, okay, so he gets to fight last after everyone else has already hit him. Yeah, it just it is. It's just that, The main reason why I like it is says it, you can use it. So, like, it is very, like I said, just very tactical. Like, whether you, you know, you know what you're fighting against, so then you can just choose, you know. Like, oh, they're probably going to kill me, so I, sh- you know, I should charge and not use the rule. Or like, oh, I don't think they could touch me, and I want to kill as many as possible, you know. Right. I think it's a very, very useful rule. You know what, I... If you're fighting a large target that's got, say, two attacks on it, yeah, I might use it just because then I'm guaranteed to smash the crap out of it. Right, right, point. right. Um, you know, guys, I had to ask you guys first, because when I first read this, I was like, wow, that's, that's kind of dog shit. I didn't really like it. <laughs> Uh, I, th- I thought, what a what a pointless ability to put on such a great model, and um, and, and it was for that reason that even la- on last week's show, when we covered pretty heavily the the the, uh, the Sons of Behemoth, I said that I thought because of that really alone that the Kraken Eater out of the three Mega Gargans was probably of the you know best to worst. I thought that they were probably in. I thought he was probably third place, you know, as far as you know, in my opinion. That's just my opinion, but um, I kind of I kind of like hearing what you guys had to say because you know justin you kind of sounded like you were neutral on the whole thing really randy you said you liked it and i guess i, I might stick with with my my original thought that I, I don't really care for it i i don't because here's the thing this is still a horde based game i don't care what anybody says or if it's not a horde based game you're going up against iron guts or you're going up against rock gut trogoth so you're going to get something that's just going to kick your freaking teeth in and you want to fight last with all that you might not even be around to be able to do that so I don't know, man. I, I'm staying neutral just because until you actually, until the situation arrives where you have to use the ability or not, and how he, how well he swings on the table in general, with wherever you place him in your army. I mean, that it, that's it's all the tactics at that point. It, I I totally I totally agree. I totally agree. I just I think. I don't know that one. I don't know that 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 one just doesn't sit well with me. But hey, you know what? That's that's why you know you're neutral on it. Randy likes it. I I think it's crap but that's me all right let's look at let's look at the second of the three uh mega gargants and, and this is the war stomper and and he's got this ability called shake the earth and uh, i think the this war stomper mercenary ability is is actually super good i think i think this would be my polar opposite opinion of what the kraken eater has uh for the war stomper i think this one's awesome basically this is reroll hit rolls for the jump up and down uh attack plus uh, it's, uh, I think it's negative one to hit from enemy models within six inches after this takes place. So this is a total 
opposite effect, I think, from the War Stomper, which is more imbued to chaos. Obviously, if you're going to ally him, you'd have to take a War Stomper. But now this one I like. And, and, and as I'll say, you know, as I said last week, and I'll turn it over to you guys, I think the War Stomper is the best out of the three, pound for pound. My opinion, that's it. Or, or early thought. But let me throw it back out there. Same order. Justin, what are your thoughts on, on the War Stomper? Yeah, I mean, you got a minus one to hit, and you got the ability to basically just turn your you're turning an earthquake against your opponent right what you're doing you're you're, you're causing microquakes that you're turning against your opponent and saying hey now try to hit me yeah while, while you're dancing through the ripple yeah now try to hit me it, it's a nasty little ability it's a i mean for chaos having that in the chaos faction it's kind of a big boost for them in all honesty just mm-hmm. simply because they've got so many they've taken so many shots from nerf bats that having just a little extra on the side Especially something right. like that, right? Yeah, that's a good right. way to go. Yeah, yeah. The, the, I, I think we're going to be seeing this uh, as uh, as as kind of the um, the go to model for a lot of slaves of darkness. I would imagine. Um, I think it'd be. I think it'd be aesthetically. I think it would fit really nice. But Randy, what are your thoughts, man? All right, from, from playing Nighthawk all this time, minus one to eight is fantastic. My favorite thing about this rule is you could have your war stopper next to your chaos units, and it says subtract one hit from all enemy units. Right. So it won't affect your other chaos models. Yeah, right. yeah. And that is that is just fantastic. And I, I guess I should have specified that. I didn't mean it's all, if when when I was reading. Like, like, that makes all like that makes all the difference. Yeah, like, that 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 is the way the rule is. Enemy models. Now we have targeted earthquakes. That's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But but think about it. You know what this reminds me of? And and Randy and, and Justin, you might remember this. Randy, I know you do. Uh, but this goes back to the, the, when Giants were feared in 6th edition Warhammer Fantasy Battles. Remember that jump up and down rule they had? I mean, they, they, could, they could literally obliterate an entire enemy unit just with that just with that jump up and down unless they fell over That's unless they unless they fell over but which by the way you know what honestly and and, and as i oh i i'm 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 as i'm as we have a problem if they kept the fall over rule on a jump up and down just because when you fell over you did even more damage you know but that's but you're kind of a kooky player so i i could I see that out of you but no, for me, I mean that was that was the that was the deal or that was the deal right there for me. Once once I they got rid of the fall over thing, they you know the ale guzzlers and all that kind of stuff still have it. But um, uh, I I I love it. I love it. So well, don't get me wrong. I'm I'm not I'm not hip with the hey I'm charging you and I rolled doubles and I fell flat on my face because right. I'm drunk off my butt. But jumping up and down and stepping on something that you squish that's wet and, and wet and throws you. Hey, if they fall over and do more damage, hey, go for it. Right. Right, so I think it's unanimous. You know, I, I think I think we all think that the shake the earth thing is is pretty damn good, right? Yeah. All right. So let's move on to the third of of the mega gargants, and this is the uh, this is the gate crusher, and this is going to be uh, you know the 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 mercenary for your death army, and this one he's got something, I, and I love the name of this. This is grievous halitosis. And basically, at the end of the combat phase, you can pick one enemy unit within three inches of this model and roll the number of dice equal to the number of models from that unit that are within three inches of this model. For each six, that unit suffers one mortal wound. Now, if you remember, this was the first special ability of the Gargans that was released as a hint. This was this was the first under the table, and nobody knew which, which Gargan was going to be getting this one. And um, initially, I was pretty impressed with this. And then when the Gate Crasher first came out, and they talked about how you can destroy enemy, uh, you know, uh, terrain and, and, you know, terrain pieces and all that kind of stuff. I thought, man, this is it for me. Um, I still think it's great. And I think 
in particular games, he could be better than the war stomper. But I think he's, in my opinion, he's second of the three as far as pound for pound. But, you know, same uh, same revolving question, man. Justin, what are your thoughts on the gate crusher uh, for, for death as a mercenary? kind of a weird weird ability for it for death if you think about it um but yeah having a three inch basically three inch radius roll a dice against the unit everything within three inch six mortal wound right after i've clubbed you to death after i've stomped you to death after i've charged you and done my 20 plus damage to you from everything else i've done now you're breathing in what i was eating yesterday and there you go and you're dying from that so, okay. I mean, it's just more—it's just more combat damage. So, so the grievous halitosis you don't—you don't really care for. No. Okay. I think, it, I think it's kind of—it doesn't really fit um, the ideal of what gargants are. Because I mean, first off, you're in a death army and you're breathing what? If you—if it was like, you know, breathing fire or something like that, where you know they whiskey and they vomited or something like that. Right. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. I think it's—I think it's. Yeah, I think it's referring to their bad breath, but uh, but yeah. So that that's that's for that's it. Randy, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I always like attacks that roll for each each model and whatever. But like, it's after all the attacks are made, after you've thinned out the units with all your major attacks and stuff. You know, like yes, you could go against a horde of like forty th- like guys or whatever. Then it would be good. But you know, you have you have a lot of other attacks before it. So. Yeah, yeah, I, that's uh, that that is true. Yeah, I, I can see that and. Uh, maybe with the rolling of the six, with less with less enemy units or models in the unit left after all your attacks, your your law of averages and rolling that six are are are, are quietly minimized. But yeah, so yeah, you know what's funny is I, I kind of get the hint that you guys really don't care for for the uh, the, the grievous halitosis, uh, I'm, and I'm kind of neutral on it. So I think it's I think it's I think it's okay at best. I'll put it that way. Yeah, I, I probably agree with you on that side. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, and, and and you know, so it's funny because. I, I'm really excited about what the Sons of Behemoth is going to be able to bring to the table. And, you know, as far as destruction, you know, they can take any one of them as a mercenary. I don't know why you would, uh, I guess. Well, I, I guess here's the thing. Let me ask you this. Do you think this is going to replace other big models that are, were already in, in the destruction world, monstrous models from Behemoths that were kind of on the on the fringe? And I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you one that, that popped up that, that I haven't seen in a while, uh, and, and that's the Rogue Idol. Now, for an Iron Jaws army or an Orc army or something like that, I you know a big Wah army. I remember the Rogue Idol. I, there, were, there was a couple of guys I've seen playing the Rogue Idol, and they were just dis, they were just they were just horrifying in a big Wah. But I think, do you think the Rogue Idol will be replaced by these Mega Gargants as you know as coming in as mercenaries? Do you think a lot? Of, I guess what I'm saying is, do you think a lot of those isolated destruction behemoths are going to kind of be like just kind of phased out with with the Mega Gargants? I hope not, but I. You think? I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, any army that's running a big log that's running a rogue idol as as their big pick them up and throw them. Right. It's usually com- is conjunctioning that with a hand of work to whip that thing across the board at somebody and hit them turn one and just tear into their line. Sure. And I don't see the mega gargant taking that position from that model. Not not in that army. Okay. Maybe maybe in. You know, like a gloom sky by get army or something like that, replacing you know a unit of bounders or something like that. Maybe you know in that area, but not for the big, not for the rogue idol. That thing has got too much power for for the points that it, that it cost. 
Yeah. All right, Randy, what are your thoughts, man? Do you think these Mega Gargans, uh, even though, you know, they, they got all the mercenary, you know, things to them where, you know, you have to spend a command point the first round to use them and all that good stuff. Uh, what do you think? Do you think these will replace some of the BMOs or that are kind of already on the fringe in the destruction allegiance? Yeah, it all depends on the army, like, here or there. Like, I can definitely see them in, uh, like, ogres and, like, mm-hmm. you know, and, like, a mixed, like, uh, a gloom spite army, not like all like all spiders will have all the big spiders, you know, all the squigs will have the big squigs, whatever. But in like like just a mixed, you know, all grots and a giant, like probably, you know, it all depends on you know what what army and what they have access to. Yeah, yeah. You know, I want to go back to uh, I want to go back to the, the the comment that we were talking about the halitosis here because uh, uh, Chris Crane, he's uh, he's a guy in the chats right now, uh, a new listener, man. Thanks for being with us. Uh, he actually brought up a good point. Yeah, and I'm going to read it verbatim. He says, roll a die, and each six is a mortal, as, uh, has some uses. I agree with you. I do. Uh, you can always get lucky and spike, and you, will, and you aren't really expecting anything, so any damage is a win. I like that attitude. That's actually, you know what's funny? I wouldn't have thought about that just because I'm a negative prick, I guess. Uh, I, wouldn't have, I wouldn't have thought like that in, in a thousand years. So it's kind of cool. I, I love those kind of perspectives because I would have, uh, yeah, I, I just would have been a negative jag off about it, I think. Just, 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 just like, just like Justin and Randy, they're, they're neg- Even though Randy's the nicest guy in tabletop wargaming, he is. After you throw combat and you go in to basically resolve, you go back against your battle shot. That extra damage from the halitosis, if that's would it be considered counted as part of the battle shot? You know, because it's technically an after combat effect. Sure. Right. Right. So if it's counted as part of the battle shock in terms of adding more bodies to the pile, then yeah, it's got its use. Of course, uh, yeah, no, I, but even even picking like Randy said, throwing forty models at it, and say you kill fifteen of them with the clubs, the stomps, and everything else, you know that leaves you twenty-five models that are possibly within thirty-three inches for sixes, and if you kill another five or six, okay. Yeah, now you've, you've broken them down in, almost over in half. So yeah, yeah. No, I... It does have its uses. You know, it's just the fact that it's a six requirement after you've literally clubbed them to death. <laughs> you know, yeah, is, right. Is a completely different yeah. story in terms of where you're are and where your role hit are. Yeah, so no, that's... Any sixes that come up are just extra gravy, so to speak. Right. Right. All right. Well, I, I, I like it. But, but you know, here's the thing. If you only want to use, uh, you know, one Mega Gargan Yarmy, you know, you, 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 you folks, you don't need the Battle Tome. The War Scrolls are free. Gargans cost 480 or, or 490 depending. And, and there is, uh, there's only one extra rule for each that we, we obviously just went through that, you know, are all over the place, all over the boards. Um, but, if you're, but if you're in it for more than the rules, I will say this. The Battle Tome is a very fine book. And, you know, I'm going to kind of parrot something. You know, I'm going to kind of parrot uh, Chris's, you know, positive mental attitude here because a lot of people have been already kind of poo-pooing the battle tome. And I don't think that's really fair. Um, I, I think we got to let people kind of get their own uh, opinion of it maybe. But um, I can definitely say that uh, for me, what I've, I, I've, I've seen some, let's just say I've seen some things in the battle tome. And the lore and everything is pretty darn good. So even if you're not a Gargan player, even if you're just, you know, I, I, I collect all the battle tomes anyways. So I think you should. Uh, it, re- it really kind of enriches your, your gaming experience, in my opinion. So, absolutely. 
Gentlemen? You got, you got extra rules and other things in the battle tome that you're not going to get just off the scroll. It, it, well, then there's then there's that, yeah. So anything uh, anything to wrap up on the Gargans? That's our last piece of this uh, of this giant piece of news of, of all the stuff we just went through. Anything? I'm good. Randy, how you doing, man? Doing good. Yeah, nothing else. All right. Well, we are going to be uh, we are going to be right back, uh, and we're going to be starting off with our, our view of the Mortec Guard. And folks, you know that this is October, and so of course we're going to be looking at some spooky uh, uh, death factions. We're going to be talking about the Mortec Guard, getting into the lore and some of the things you're going to experience by getting into them. And then of course it's Orktober, so we've got uh, we got the orcs we're going to be getting into. Yeah. So all right, guys, we will be right back. Public service announcement brought to you by Frag Factory 3D Printing. Many of us have thousands of dollars in miniatures, yet we play on flat tables with books and overturned Tupperware to act as our fantasy and sci-fi landscapes. We've all drooled over the tables we see in magazines lush with beautifully created terrain from all genres. The crew at Frag Factory 3D Printing want to wipe that drool from your chin and put it firmly on your friends and fellow gamers when they see your setup. Alien landscapes, desert wastelands, futuristic cities, fantasy outposts, elven forests, demonic stronghold, and so much more. Find out what you've been missing by checking us out on Facebook at Frag Factory 3D Printing or send us an email at fragfactory3dprinting at gmail.com. Bring your own files or we will help you find what you've been searching for. Take your gaming to the next level with Frag Factory 3D Printing. We print life into your games. Tell them Grimdark Live sent you and your first hour of printing is free. Hey gang, in all seriousness, get your terrain on the table and get it with Frag Factory 3D Printing. And remember, tell them Grimdark Live sent you and they'll give you one hour free. You can get them via email at fragfactory3dprinting at gmail.com or their Facebook page, Frag Factory 3D Printing. Frag Factory 3D Printing. Printing life into your games. All right, we are back, gang, and we are going to be uh, jumping right into the uh, the Mortec Guard. So, uh, I mean, I, you know, this one I was actually looking forward to. I kind of wanted to do this last week on our show, but I'm kind of glad. Oh, look, I'm, I'm not I'm not complaining about the uh, the way that we the, we 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 presented everything, but this was the one I really wanted to get into. But uh, Justin, lead this one off, man. I mean, let's talk about this Mortec Guard. Okay. Who who are the Mortec Guard? Let's get into that. Loyal. And just steadfast hodgepodge soldiers, like that's the way to put it, that he has ever created. Well, con- constructs. I mean, that, that's one thing I'd like to go back to. I mean, these are these are basically soul imbued constructs made of bone, created of dense bone, I guess, and and, and multiple souls. They are they are the bone that they're built of is of every known race is basically folded into building these guys. And they're not just carrying one soul. They're actually carrying the fragmented souls of every race on the planet as well. So you have a com it's a mixture of all the warrior like the warrior warrior elite souls that you have stormcast, you have or basically everything just can put together. And normally you would think that would cause, you know, confusion or cause just chaos. But He's constructed them so well that everything is harmonized, and they they work together 100%. Okay. No pulling one way or the other. And the other good thing about it is, 
it has basically given these soldiers the ability to act without having to have command. So they are free thinking, but they still will follow the orders of the people above them, the hecatoses and things of that matter. If they say snap two, these dudes snap two. If Nagasha snap two, they snap two. Yeah. But if those, if they're, if all their leaders and all their heroes are dead on the battlefield or gone, they can still continue forward without having to be led. Gotcha, gotcha. And, and folks, I, I do apologize. I guess we're having some more audio uh, trouble. I mean, uh, Randy, what are your? I mean, how's your mic, man? What what do we got here with the uh, with the, with the Mortec? What do you think? Yeah, I, I originally picked them up because I wanted a army to go with my Nagash model, and you know that's it was between the the, the Mortec and the, the Calvary, and you know I just like the, the 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 more infantry bodies. So sure. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, and, and you know, you know, the funny thing for me is, you know, what I've always found interesting about this about this unit is that they're literally constructs. They're created from dense bone, dozens of souls. And think about that: they're dozens of souls that are packed into one uh, type, you know, one one casing, if you will. And the, and and what's interesting about them is they're not unthinking, right? I mean, they're they're not they're not um, you know automatons that are that are incapable of independent thought they actually can think for themselves but i guess they're limited in 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 some some matters that are out there i, I think but but as far as Limit, they're limited to warfare so their their train of thought is basically on warfare and conquest okay all right so i mean what uh, what what else do we know about uh the unit itself I mean, how do they, I mean, when we talk about them on the, on the battlefield, how do we, you know, what, what are we looking at there? So you're looking at two primary things that they carry. One is their nadrite weapons, um, which is basically the best way to put that is it is a weapon that is designed to cleave or destroy the immortal soul. It's basically a weapon that's designed to tear a soul out of the body. Um, these weapons are almost pretty much fused to the warrior there's they could never drop them mm-hmm. like basically they the bone and everything is just all one piece so even if they were they could never be disarmed of this weapon unless destroyed of course okay and the secondary thing is the shields they carry the shields are nigh impenetrable um especially once they link them together and they form uh, palisades for the most part so you can kind of look at roman influence you know where you're building the giant roman lions of shields and then had the spears sticking out of them you know that's that's kind of where the motric carter they're 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 pulling their essence from so these guys are designed as high defense with a weapon that can literally cleave through almost anything yeah i've often thought that i think the mortec guard are, are one of the best battle line units in the game i mean especially with petrifex elite you know as far as that legion ability i mean they're able to be taken in units of 10 to 40 which you know 40 of these big globs are, are, are just terrifying and they're a single wound model with with a four plus save however uh, their command ability means that they can they can re-roll all of their saves, I believe, or if that, I, don't, I don't remember if that's a, if that's simply just a Petrifex Elite piece or if that's something that they can do based off of their their command ability. I'm not I'm not entirely sure, um, but I think I think that's the shield wall, or or that's not the shield wall, but I think the shield wall itself is where you can pick a unit of Mortec Guard, which includes uh, a Hecatos. Uh, or their unit leader, I guess, and and you can reroll all saves for attacks targeting that unit in in that combat phase. 
correct. So. It's called shield. It's called shield wall, and it allows them to re-roll one friendly Mordric guards units uh, saves for all attacks that target the unit until the end of the combat phase. So okay. Okay. They, they, they activate shield wall, which is like I said, putting up the giant the giant wall, and everything gets re-rolled. Gotcha. And that's without any house abilities, you know, so to speak. That's just their bread and butter standard stuff. Okay. All right. Gotcha. Well, what, um, Randy, what do you think, man? Yeah, same. It's the, the go, go to, you know, you just, this is, once they get, like, you know, any armor buffs or whatever, you know, three plus three re-rolling saves is, it's pretty sweet for, for battle line. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know what's funny is um, their weapons, you know, uh, like like you were saying, Justin, are either their swords, with, which is plus one rend, or spears, which is an extra one-inch range. You know, you know uh, uh, that that's kind of a toss-up, probably depending if you're going to have a 40-man unit of, of these things, I probably would take the one-inch range. Um, but there's no real correct choice is what I'm trying to say here. But when it comes uh, to positioning around them, their, their hecatos, uh, meaning they're around their hecatos, uh, to get the Deathless Warrior save and, and, and possibly around a, a Mortec Harvester to uh, the, the actual number of additional attacks. The, the spears, I think, that's why I was kind of leaning towards them, would give you uh, probably, the, the, probably a little bit of an edge, in, in, my, in my opinion. Um, it might be questionable, uh, but, but I think the rending of the swords may be more powerful. But I think, I think overall, in my limited experience, I think, I think in, my, in looking at these things, I think the spears would be a better way to go in, in, that, in that example I just gave. Right. It's going to depend, depend on if you're making them an assaulting force where you're moving across the table as fast as death actually can mm-hmm. you know, to get into your opponent's lines. Or if you're making them a defensive line where, like you said, standing in front of a mortison or standing in front of a... Um, a harvester or you know even their catapult you know one of those things where they're you know pushing the enemy away from the the big boy right even Kar- even Karatos, you know pushing everything away from him so that he can do his work while they do theirs right exactly so it just it, it's all depending on how you're playing the list and playing the army as to where if you're going to go sword or sword or spears sure personally personally i build i've built my army to have both just because that way I can attack you at speed and, or I can hold back and to, to hold that objective that I just put my entire army sitting on top of. I got you. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that. Uh, Randy, what are your thoughts? Yeah, for 40 spears around Nagash is fine, but, like, you know, units of 10 on the on the flanks with, with blades is, is also fine. It all depends on how to use them. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I guess all their weapons uh, are that, like you were saying, that that, that not a right, right, Justin? That's what you were saying before. And, and they're going to have two attacks. Yeah, they're hitting on a 3+, and they're wounding on a 4+. Uh, each 6-plus becomes two hits, so it's got that slanish exploding 6s. Um, or a 5-plus, I think if you cast Empower Nadrite, I believe it is. Um, and, 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 and look, that's a very respectable amount of damage. And, and like what we saw in the chat, yeah, the, the swords are terrifying. So I'm not taking anything away from them. I think, I think any way you cut it, you know, this is, this is why I want to talk about Mortec, uh, guard the first, you know, at, at first, but, um, I think, I think when, when there's something there, there's, uh, the amount of damage, isn't there something if you're using the, the bludgeon from Petrifex with the swords, I think, uh, your, your rend is plus two. 
or something like that. It's it's it is pretty horrifying with the swords now that I think about it. So I mean, yeah, you know, Chris, you could be right, but I, I think you're absolutely right that that I think I think in Petrofex the swords are pretty damn terrifying now that my memory serves me right. Um, uh, let's see. Yeah, bludgeon. Um, pick one friendly petrol unit that's got a Hector's Keep with the Hector's Keep phrase and improve the rent characters of melee weapons by that unit by one. Okay. So so they go to minus two on each of the swords. So a 40-man unit, minus two, rolling sixes for exploding. Yeah. Okay. All right, all right, and you know, one in ten uh, can take a banner, allowing them to reroll charges. Uh, you know, may as well take as many as you can, I guess, uh, the way that it's worded. And one in ten can take a soul cleaver great blade, which can uh, simply, you know, wound on a three plus rather than a four plus. So, so no real downsides there, really. But, but make sure you give this. There actually is a downside to that the soul cleaver. It is not a nadrite weapon. Well, you could still give it to your hecatos to to get an extra attack out of it. I mean. Well, that's- that's true, um, just but it is not an accurate weapon, so it doesn't have the exploding capabilities. Okay. All right. Okay, I got you. Um, so you, you can either take these in, in, in large units to cause your opponent headaches or, or smaller ones to hold objectives. I mean, I, I still think they're, they're pretty viable in a 10-man unit, but the fact that you can balloon these guys up to a 40-man 40, a 40, uh, unit is pretty, is pretty intense. So uh, what else? Well, I mean, guys, what, what else do we have with the Mortec Guard, man? This is our... Uh, our spooky unit for for October. October. <laughs> Produced by Nagash, basically. Yeah. So they were, you know, like he, he basically said, design me an army to Kyrados, and he says, okay, my Mortric, this is my Mortric, and that's where the guard came from, that's where the catapults came from, those were all brainchilds of their ultimate leader, and then they were just brought forth by Nagash's will. So, gotcha. Into the exact way he wanted them. So it's you know you got fractured souls, you got high density bone, you got armies that can be raised back from the dead very easily. I mean, you put a soul mason behind these things, and it's it, they have a capability of bringing back nine of these a turn. Right. Not before. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, a 40-man unit of these guys walking across the table with swords with the soul mason and a harvester next to them, you can lose half the unit and bring it back by the time by the time you're on the other side of the table or while you're even in combat. I mean, right. They're, they're, they're scary good. They are. Yeah, absolutely. Randy, what are your thoughts, man? Yeah, I only played one one game with, with mine, with, and that was the majority of the points were eaten up by Nagash, so, you know, I haven't, yeah, haven't used all the other characters yet, so. That happens. Gosh, is kind of a waste of points in the army. Yeah, and it, yeah, he's not, he's not needed. No, the uh, yeah, the scenic base character is yeah. All right. For example, five hundred points. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, good deal. Well, guys, uh, we're going to be right back with our October, our iron, our Orktober. Sorry, see, I'm already messing up the name here. Orktober, our Iron Jaws. We'll be right back. Hey gang, I wanted to take a break in today's show to introduce one of our sponsors and a great store for all of your hobby needs. That's GameStorm Gaming in Lamont, Illinois. Open seven days a week, 12 to 12. GameStorm Gaming has got you covered for all of your hobby and gaming needs. 
They got Magic the Gathering, War Machine, X-Wing, Game of Thrones, Force of Will card game, PC gaming and repair, Warhammer 40K, and Age of Sigmar, and a ton more. Grab paints, brushes, cases, dice, and a lot more at GameStorm Gaming in Lamont, Illinois. Stop in and see John and the gang there at GameStorm Gaming, located at 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois, or check them out on their website at GameStormGaming.com. Again, that's www.gamestormgaming.com. They also stay open past midnight for special cases and events. So get over there and get your nerd on with GameStorm Gaming, 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois, 630-243-9330. Again, that's GameStorm Gaming, 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois. GameStorm Gaming is a proud sponsor of Grimdark Live. We hope to see you there. All right, gang, we are back, and we are going to jump right into uh, our next uh, our next part of the segment here, and that's going to be our uh, our October here. So, I think uh, I think this is going to be something that um, probably is uh, is is going to be a fun conversation because I don't uh, I don't really get an opportunity to talk about uh, orcs very often. So, uh, this is going to be uh, this is going to be a good one. So, you guys ready? Oh yeah. All right, well, let's. Uh, Let's let's get into this here, fellas. So, so we got uh, we we got orcs. I mean, any setting or game uh, are generally the most you know th- these guys are the most popular faction. And, and in our game of Age of Sigmar, uh, this is this is definitely holds true. I mean, Justin, talk to us, man. Who who the heck are the Iron Jaws? Let's get into this. They are the culmination of every single bad boy orc in the world. They are, they are the baddest of the baddest. They are the meanest. They are the just mad as hell, competent fighters in the world of AOS. They get, they just, they kick everything's butt. They look for war. They look for fights so that they can hone their skills and grow bigger. It's basically what they're looking for. They're yeah. just out there to fight. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's pretty much it, man. That's pretty much it. I mean, Randy, what are your thoughts, man? Iron Jaws. Yeah, I like ever since old fantasy. You know, I, you know, I I played all goblins in, in black orcs. You know, and then the the black orcs got their own faction and got bigger orcs. So that would, that's always been exciting for me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, it's funny because in in in, in orc warclans army, iron jaws they make up the the units of of your ard boys, your orc brutes, your gore gruntas, your your mega boss, and that that's the that's the dude on foot and and the maw crusher. Uh, weird knob shaman and the war chanter, right? I, I think that's I think that's everybody. And you know what, what's great about this army is is not just what they do on the table, but I think I think the accessibility to this army is something uh, pretty uh, pretty incredible because in the start collecting with the iron jaws, this box comes with three gorgruntas, which are you know your big orcs on giant boars, which just cracks me up. Um, Pig missiles. Yeah. They're, they're going to have 10 Ard Boys, which come, uh, in, you know, as, as one of the battle lines for the Iron Jaws, a War Chanter, uh, which is basically their form of a, a cheerleader. I call them the air traffic controller. Um, and, and, and overall, I mean, this is... Uh, this this army by and large is and this whole box set is a great box set especially if if you want to just play iron jaws uh you can you know safely buy two of these and and be pretty set for a while if you were getting started so i like i like iron jaws on the practical side of it that somebody could just say hey you know what i like big green goofy dudes i want to play this army and and there you have it but right. 
But beyond the, the start collecting, I would recommend uh, another Keystone character, obviously the Mega Boss. Now, I prefer the Mega Boss um, either either on the, the Maw Crusher or on foot. I think they have two different tactical prices. Uh, but, you know, the Mega Boss, man, he's the biggest and baddest of the war bosses. And, and the Weird Knob, I guess, who is their spellcasting shaman, which, which, which cracks me up because I think in more of Orc armies than not, I've seen them not take the shaman you know, just just go completely magic list, no magic at all, which is, you know, you don't see a lot of armies doing that, but I've seen plenty of orc players uh, orc players do that. So thoughts, guys, yeah. what do we got? The, the typical list is usually a mega boss on dragon, uh, You use, or and then you usually have a secondary one that's on foot. You have two war chanters, and then your baseline battle line, which is usually small 10-man units of, of art boys, um, you have three of those usually, and then the rest of it's either done into the Gorgruntas or Brutes. Right. So, I mean, every unit in the list is a viable unit. There's there's not one that really doesn't work. Um, I mean, you can build an entire list of Gorgruntas. You can build an entire list of Brutes, depending on which house you come from. So, uh, you know, they just they got a lot of good synergies and a lot of good just generalized everything. Right, them. right. Exactly. Randy, what are your thoughts, man? Yeah, the, the orc tribes are, you know, I, I've i seen, I've sat across many opponents have been like, you know, they could pretty much pick anything out of the book and, and, and use it effectively. Just mm -hmm. using it how, you know, knowing how to use it effectively is, is the big difference. But like, yeah, every, every unit has their role and in, in like, they're all, they're all pretty much usable. And, right. Right. So let's let's kind of break this down here a little bit. When we talk about you know some of the units that make up the Iron Jaws, I mean, the first one obviously is Yard Boys. Let, let's these are the old Black Orcs for a lot of you old timers, and these are the main infantry unit of the Iron Jaws. They actually have very good armor. They 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 hit and wound good, and and can get insane levels of bravery. I mean, my my son plays a big war army, and uh, they, they, these guys are really his un, unsung heroes. Um, and they can even take shields to ignore damage on a six, which is which is also pretty nice. I forgot about that little caveat, but I mean, Ard Boys, the old reliable Black Orcs, man. Oh yeah, I mean they're their rule. The only rule in there that that I believe it changed out was because the old Ard boys used to have every weapon under the sun. They could flip their weapons. Yeah. Every round of combat, where these guys not so much, but with like you said, with the big wog when they're picking up their pluses to hit, their pluses to wound, their pluses to, you know, their their battle shock. Yeah. So everything else, they don't need a weapon to do the job, and if you give them shields. And you stick these guys under a twenty-five, I think it's twenty-five point big log sitting on an objective. Right. Good luck shifting them. Yeah, that's they're not coming off. They're not coming off that objective without you wiping the unit out. That's very true. Yeah, that's very true. Um, but now here's the thing. Let, let's look at the next unit here. We got the brutes, man. These are these are the big bastards. I mean, now these guys are the biggest and, and meanest of, of all the Iron Jaws. They were they were brand new unit to Age of Sigmar. Uh, and these guys were the original Iron Jaws, uh, really, because I, I, I don't think the I don't think the Black Orcs or the or the the Ard Boys were they part of the original? I can't remember. It's it's no no I don't I didn't think they were. Brutes are brutes are an AOS uh, AOS base, mm -hmm. and the way I view brutes is they are one step sh one step shy of going Savage Orc. It's basically mm. what they are. Yeah, I mean they they have they are at that point where they've just they're completely nuts. They've yeah. lost all 
sense of what's going on. They have three wounds instead of two, uh, and, and, and they have a large variety of, of, of weapons to use. They can also have an ability called Duff Up the Big Thing, where they can hit better if they are attacking a single model with four or more wounds, which uh, gives them a real purpose sometimes in a game. So, so these guys are very useful at, at killing, uh, you know, monsters, I would say. I mean... Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. They'll, they'll take out a... They can, if they get to a Mega Gargant and they have the turn on him, they'll drop a Mega Gargant in one round of combat. Yeah, and, and I like what I'm seeing here on the boards. Uh, Chris Kane just just chimed in. I mean, Iron Jaws versus Warherd. Yeah, you, you get those you get those big uh, bullgores up against some of those Iron Jaws, and especially if you can, if you can if you can do anything about the bullgores fours by threes, and you got them with great weapons with their two attacks with the negative two damage three. You know, yeah, you're in for you're in for some fireworks, man. I mean, especially especially here, Chris. How about this one, Chris, Chris Kane? I'm talking I'm talking to one of our awesome listeners on the chats here. So if you were to take, I just I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a left turn at Albuquerque here on this one. But if you were to take that if you were to take a war herd unit, if you were going to put them in, say, the brass despoilers, and you were to put them in dark walkers with some gorgons and ambush them, yeah, now you're now you're really now you're cooking with gas, man. Though that's that's the that's the way to do it, if you ask me twice. So, all right, I'm done talking about my Beastie Boys. This is Orktober. Sorry, guys. Let's. Uh, how about this? Let's talk about some 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 orcs, some oryx that are on some pigs, man. We got the gorgrunters right here. So, now these guys are the brutes, but now they're riding giant boars, pig things, right. demon pig things, whatever that, I don't know what the hell they are, yeah, gorgruntas. Yeah, these things like are, in, in my in my opinion, these guys are the toughest unit uh, you got with their, their five wounds, a pop. Um, yeah, their five wounds, a pop. Uh, my, yeah. Yeah. And and they also uh, are pretty fast. You know, I mean, if, if you're looking at something that's got a nine-inch move right off the cuff, I mean, that's going to get you where you need to be. You got a nine-inch move base, and then you have the destruction move that they can get. Plus, they have the special ability for Iron Dutch, which is mad as hell. Where if and any wound, mortal wounds or mortal wounds were taken to a unit within nine inches of that unit, it gets an additional die six inches. Right. So these things can cook across a battlefield at what seventeen-inch clip? Something like I mean, that. Yeah. Something. Something crazy. That's ridiculous. And you can throw them. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Randy, what are you thinking, man? What, what do you got on these guys? Oh, it's one of my, like, you can either have a big group of them in the center as a, just a smash forward, or, you know, they're great flankers, too, in units of three. Yeah. Like, you know, surrounded, you know, by large, you know, black orc units. Or, uh, oh, yeah. 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 Right. We, we call them the piggy torpedoes. Yep. The, the, no, 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 pork missiles. Pork missiles. Yeah, there you go. I was trying to be, I was, I was trying to be PC for the YouTubes. There you go. Yeah, I guess you got you got to do that too. <laughs> so let's 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 look at let's look at the boss here, man. We got the uh, we got the mega boss here. Now now this is the war boss of all the Iron Jaws, and 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 he's he's a huge model. I think he's on a fifty millimeter base, and he's also pretty damn nasty in combat with his seven wounds. You know, which is higher than average armor. He's got uh, two damage per swing before the buffs. Let me just say that with his axe before the buffs. Uh, he also gains more wounds and attacks if he kills any enemies, making him, I guess, progressively stronger as he fights on, which is which is pretty, which is pretty nasty. Um, I mean, let, let's Randy, let, let's let's we haven't heard from you, man. Mega boss, give us your two cents in a tin can. This is this this was an army you played for a while. Yeah. Just- They clear out the unit in front, and he just steps up in combat. And I've seen him so many times just, you know, 
almost wipe or wipe out a unit right like straight back with all the, their bonuses just mm -hmm. you know right yeah just on all his attacks is pretty sweet yeah yeah you, you get this you get this guy up there and you know six base attacks without any bonuses and you know he's just clearing models at that point yeah i mean he could take on and he could take on three wound or more models by himself if necessary but you wouldn't I wouldn't use them that way. I would use them to take and clear out hordes since we play a horde game. Right. You yeah. know, wipe out a horde arm, horde unit and say next and keep going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, it's funny because there's, there's so many iconic characters in the game and or heroes in the game. You know, when, when you think about like standout heroes, think about the doom bull for the beast of chaos, uh, the mega boss, obviously for, for the iron jaws, you think about the frost Lord on a stone horn, uh, you know, but when you when you when you think about the the, the mega boss on a maw crusher, uh, and, and forget about Gordrak right now. I mean, I, I I think I think if you look at a mega boss from before and now and putting him on a big giant muscle dragon, basically, I mean, th this is the biggest heavy hitter in the entire army. I mean, and, and this thing alone can 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 double and then some its points and kills. So think about it. I think this thing is like 460 points, and you put them out there. This thing, this thing will do 600 easy points in killing, 650 easy points in killing. I've seen him do it easily. And you know what I think is interesting about this, guys, is he's got a nice ability where if he kills all the enemies just on a charge alone, he can then charge another target immediately right after that. Mm -hmm. I've seen it happen on the table. And I mean, what's scary about that is he flies. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. There's no intervening anything to that charge. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, and and Randy, how often have we seen the double maw crushers coming back again? I mean, they they drop the points on 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 the brutes, and they you know propose the uh, the 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 early or the I think it was a summer FAQ, and now all of a sudden, Randy, we got we got double cabbages all over the place. Yeah, that's exactly what they're playing. Yeah. Yeah. Those. Yeah. I mean, when you sit there and, and you really look at this, take 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 this this big bastion on this muscle dragon. I mean, after you charge, you can charge again if you wipe that unit out. Meaning, if you charge the right targets, you could ping pong him all over the board, because yeah, you you can do this more than once in a turn. I mean, you can literally oh, I killed that unit, I killed that unit, I killed that unit, and basically he's just a freaking lawnmower. Say goodbye to your artillery if he gets into that line. Well, that yeah. Wipe your artillery off the table. Yeah, I think I think that's definitely going to happen. And then you know, I didn't mean to kind of completely like glaze over Gordrak. Yeah, you know, I really didn't. But but I mean, look, he's the same as a mega boss on a Maw Crusher, but now even I guess slightly more killy. And I say slightly because I think people get a little over crazy about him because he's a named character. Uh, he does have two choppas. You know, I think they're called uh, Cunning and Smasha or something like that. Uh, okay. And, and Cunning lets you do more damage if you're attacking a wizard, right? And Smasha if you're damaging all other non-wizard heroes, right? So so he's really good at killing not only a bunch of infantry, but uh, but with his Maw Crush amount, obviously. But he's also good at uh, reliable, you know, sniping out some characters. So I think that that's his benefit. And that's why I kind of said he's 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 marginally better than, than than the regular guy. I mean, for the points, you know, I generally I generally... Have, you know, when I'm playing the army, I would I would take the the mega boss on a maw crusher personally. Right. I mean, he he does have the voice of Gork, but it's the same 
ability as the mega boss has, which is go on lads, get stuck in. So yeah, I mean, they're they're almost identical. They're just different named. So the advantage there is since they are technically different names with the same ability, you can stack them. Yeah. So right. Okay. A plus two. You can get a plus two to hit if you're running both of them. But that's that's the only advantage in that that regard is that he's a different named. Okay. Different named ability. Yep. Gotcha. So, Randy, anything anything to say about the Mega Boss before we roll on to the Weird Knob Shaman, man? No, nothing. It's pretty much said. So. <laughs> All right, here's the Weird Knob Shaman. We got this guy up. So, okay, he's your Iron Jaws wizard. And as I said, he kind of feels like the um, the second cousin twice removed. You know, he, the, the, I, I, don't, I, see a lot of, uh, I see a lot of Iron Jaws players just kind of going without magic, which cracks me up. And, okay, he's basically mandatory, I guess, in, in Age of Sigmar, except, you know, or wizards, I should say, are pretty much mandatory when possible. And uh, his signature spell is so-so. I think it casts on a seven, which is kind of like a parlor trick. Um, you know, I, I think, um, I think you know, he, he's I think he's good in some lists. I don't know. I, I'm not really sold. Randy, what do you think about the Weird Knob Shaman? I've always been kind of cold on him in this army. I kind of like the versions where you have an orc that doesn't use magic. I don't know why. Yeah, it's a you know decision of whether you want to dispel or just let them go with their spells. I don't really see you know, you know, maybe Mystic Shield every once in a while out of him, but you know, it's pretty much just just for dispelling and Mystic Shield. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, I I know we have one of our guys in our group that actually does every so often throw a weird knob shaman up there, and he actually uses his green puke ability to his advantage. Okay. And because the green puke ability is a radius. So it says any unit it hits takes up to a mortal wound. So he pukes on his own guys to, to trigger the mad as hell ability and make them move six inches more. Okay. All right. So, I mean, I've seen it done, and it's it's pretty disturbing when all of a sudden this shaman just leaks over to a, a unit of brutes and goes, oh, I'm going to puke on you now so you guys can run forward an additional six inches. Have fun. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. So, you ready for the for the last guy? Here, here's the air traffic controller, man. This is this is the war chanter. Now, this guy, I think any any two thousand point Iron Jaws army that doesn't have two, at a, at least in their army, you're out of your mind. I mean, he's the cheerleader for the army, right? That's kind of what we call him. I mean, he he rattles and bones, uh, you know, all about you know to, to to pump up the Iron Jaws units and get them going. And basically, you know, he picks a unit of Iron Jaws and just gives them a flat plus one damage. Which that doesn't seem like much if you're any other unit, but a freaking Iron Jaws unit plus one damage is pretty pretty intense. Um, it's absolutely nuts. So your mob of ten Ard boys or five brutes are now going to do a bare minimum of two damage a swing when they already have a lot of attacks. That's kind of you know what I'm saying here. And and since wounds carry over in Age of Sigmar, unlike 40k, those boys become an infantry blender. And that, and that's not even if if your if your if your mega boss on a maw crusher hasn't even charged him yet. So you can kind of see where this thing you know they, they can make other units turn into soup. Randy, what do you think, man? Your air traffic controller. What do we got? Yeah, when they changed it from plus one to hit to plus one damage when they rolled over to the tribes, yeah, it just you know that just is what they needed. Just you know, just damage. Any, any damages is is bonus. Like you said, it doesn't carry over or it does carry over on like 40k, and that's just amazing for anything just like sure you big, big big target you you know extra damage is you know one or two extra wounds you know right mm -hmm. right it all, goes, it all goes through at the end yeah 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 
Well, you know, and, and here's the thing, you know, and, and this is this is why I love I love Orktober. I love to be able to kind of talk about these units because I think everybody knows Iron Jaws specifically, uh, orcs, oryx, whatever you want to call them, but Iron Jaws specifically, everybody knows they're 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 kind of like this badass army, right? Everybody knows that, but I think every once in a while you kind of kind of stoke that that knowledge, that fire of knowledge, and let everybody know just what a great army they are because. You know, when I started, re- you know, looking at these guys again, I kind of went, yeah, why the heck don't I play them more often? <laughs> so. I think we all say that at some point. Well, yeah, you know, and well, that's because we're, we all have that gamer ADHD, right? Yeah, pretty much. We're, we're switching up armies like crazy. Um, but so, so, so Randy, what, what do you got, man? What, give us, give us some, give us some close out wisdom here on, on, a, on an Iron Jaws, uh, on the Iron Jaws army itself. Yeah, like knowing you knowing me, I I, just, I, I like big big stuff. So, like I said, my my iron jaws are literally two cabbages. My 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 savage orcs are literally two rogue idols. You know, I just, I just like playing as much big stuff as possible usually. So. Right. Yep. That's the that's the giant army coming out. <laughs> well, <laughs> I got to tell you guys, I I am really looking forward to I am really looking forward to ten models on the table. I really am. Coming from 300 nobblers, I'm really looking forward to 10 models on the freaking table. I really am. Good stuff. All right, well, well gang, we're going to be right back with the question of the day. Do you think Do you think everybody who was on the, at the beginning of the show, do you think they remember what the question of the day is? No, but you'll probably have to remind them anyway. All right, we'll, we'll be right back and let you know what the question of the day is. We'll be right back, guys. Hey, gang, I really hope you're enjoying the Grimdark Live show so far. Thanks for being with us. But before we get to the question of the day, I want to ask you to head over to GrimdarkLive.com to enter the Nerd Bunker by becoming a supporter of the show on Patreon. There are six different levels to fit the support you may be interested in and all provide special benefits and services to our members. So please head over to GrimdarkLive.com and become a patron of the show. And while you're on GrimdarkLive.com, you should know that Grimdark Live isn't just there for entertainment. We're a full-time miniatures assembly and painting service. We have three different levels that we currently paint to, and we provide free quotes. So let us know if you have something you need painted, and we'll get it done for you. And if Patreon or painting isn't something you're ready to do at this time, we totally understand. And thank you for spending time with us here on Grimdark Live. So with that said, let's get to the question of the day. All right, here we go, guys. We are back with the question of the day. So we're going to get into this. So here it is. Randy, I'm throwing this one out to you first, man. Since you, you haven't been around in a while, man. You've been, you know, you've been lounging around and, you know, hanging out at the beach. And you're out there in Spanish Fork, Utah. You know, actually, that's that's not where he is, folks. We're just kidding around. He, but he, he does visit there quite often, don't you, Randy? Yeah, just to bury the bodies, you know. <laughs> there you go. All right, so here it is. The question. There's a pull behind the curtain. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Randy isn't always the nicest guy in tabletop wargaming. All right, so so here is the question of the day. Does Games Workshop, does GW have an obligation to create a starter set for each army, or are some armies considered too elite to have this sales feature? Randy? Yeah, so like part, part of the old fantasy is what I used to like is that they used to have one giant army box with pretty much one of every unit <laughs> with a sometimes limited edition standard or whatever, you know, 
I personally basically buy the models to put them together and and use them. Like so, like like the, the like the actual like a starter box for me it was like you know give, give me a, like a discount for the like like for every like the full release. I'm like. They show their bundles online or whatever, but it's not discounted at all. It's like, well, here's all the new stuff, but it's not, you know, you know, their bundles aren't a bundle per se. Right. So, yeah. Right. And, all right. Oh, and like, yeah, to get, to get into the game, you know, it was always, you know, the, the old boxes used to be like, it comes with four things, and you're basically getting the fourth thing free, either like a small chariot or whatever. Like, it was always nice, and then... And, you know, and some you know some of the get started do have value above the the rest or whatever. But you know, sometimes it's just you know some stuff won't won't be used. Like, like sure. To, for example, like the the uh, Deepskin starter box is fantastic. You need you need thralls and, and eels. You right. Know? You know, so you're buying them at a discount. But then there's other other ones. You know, it's like, well, I need these two, but like this unit, I'm not going to use. Like it, it all depends. Like in the starter box. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I get it. Justin, same question back to you. Does GW have an obligation to create a starter set for each army, or are some armies considered too elite to have this sales feature? I think the they don't have a they don't have a, a, a thing saying they have to build a starter set or an army deal for that army. And there are armies that are too elite that shouldn't have one. Um, giants being one of those just because what are you going to do you're not going to you're not going to put a mega gargant and two you know man crushers in there and say hey here's a here's a army deal for 140 bucks including the book have a nice day you know that you're looking at 300 400 worth of models right there you're not going to cut 200 worth of profit out yeah so yeah when it comes to elite armies you probably will never see it and i don't think they need to do it um the only thing I would like to see out of the, the starter boxes is that they made more sense, you know, you're, where you're not just getting these random run-of-the-mill units that, you know, you never use, you never need. They don't they don't have a place in the army, or they don't have a place in that starter box to actually get you going. Sure. You okay. Know, you, you can look. You, I mean, the the current ones they've been doing, like the um, the Greywater Fastest one and the um, the Anvil Guard, those were both good or, or great starter sets because all those units are battle line and then you get a hero in there. Right. You know, but they don't do that with all of them. They don't do that with some of their armies. You get an elite unit, you get one battle line, or you get absolutely no battle line, you know, and it's like, okay, I buy the start collecting, but I can't use it unless I buy four other boxes to go with it. Right. You know, exactly. So, so I think when it comes to. GW's obligation to putting a starter box together. I don't think they are required to do it, but it would be nice to see them actually rethink those starter boxes to be more of, hey, you're getting into the game. Here's a hero. Here's two battle line, and maybe one special or something of that manner. Versus, here's a hero. Here's four specials. Have fun. Yeah, I, I think I think what I'm hearing you say is that you're looking for a little bit more consistency and more and maybe more even flow along with with the battle. You know, and, and I'm gonna, I'm going to kind of parrot something that that was just on the boards. 
uh, one of the comments was, I think that that some are too elite for it. Um, I would yeah. I would tend to agree with that. I mean, I mean, uh, uh, this is what Chris said. He said, I, I mean, the new giants being the perfect example where six models can be an entire army. You're absolutely right. And um, you know, three three mega gargans and three of the uh, the, the man crushers, or as we call them here in Grimdark Live, the Uncle Lester giants. Um, but no, I agree with that. And you know, that's kind of why I, I think we, we posed the question, right? Because when you look at an elite army like the Sons of Behemoth, you know, that was really where it was at. Um, do I think GW has an obligation to create a starter set for each army? You know, I do. I, I think I think they should try to introduce something or maybe even a promotion. But I, I do think that um, that certain armies should be absolved of that of that expectation. Gargans being one of them, I think. Because I, th- I think the whole point of this hobby is to get new players in. You know, if you're not bringing new players in, you know, that, that's that's really what it is. So it, it's, it is kind of an interesting point because I think, you know, what what would a, a Sons of Behemoth starter set look like? Yeah, it, 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 well, let, let me ask you this. Would, would you be all right if they came out with, say, a, a Christmas army deal? That yes, I, I think that would be fine. Like one or two Mega Gargants and then a bunch of the, the Man Crushers. But it has like a six hundred and fifty dollar price tag on it. Yeah, I, th- I think they should do something like you'd that. Get, you'd get a bit of a discount on it, but you'd also get a good starting army. Or or have a or have a limited run of a particular type of uh, of, of, a, of a remember like the old battalion boxes. You know, if they had a limited run with something like that. You know, usually their battalion boxes or their Christmas their Christmas army deals. Right. Usually limited run. They they you know they they throw them together for one season and then they're gone. Right. So, right. I mean, if they did that something like that with the elite armies. I'd be okay with that. Yeah, you know, like, I agree. Like we're saying, but we're, like we're saying with the, the armies that are considered bread and butter armies, I think they need to retool those starting sets a little bit more to be more enticing to the beginning player, saying this is what you're going to need to be able to field an army on the table, even if they're smaller units, like the bare minimum 10-man units for some of them, or 5-man units depending on the army. Sure. I think if they retool those a little bit more, you know, you can they kick them at the same price 100 bucks 110 bucks whatever you know then you get more flow through with people saying okay i buy this box i have enough to field part of a thousand point army but at least i have i know what my bread and butter units are and i have a hero to go with it and then i can expand on it as i see fit good uh good good comment man i, I like that answer randy anything else to add on this one before we roll on no, that's pretty much it. Yeah, just like all right. You know, when, they, when you walk into a GW, it used to be like buy two troops in an HQ or buy two core in a in a hero. Right, know? right. To, to actually start with, you know, even if it was for like five hundred point games, you know, just something to start with. Yep, mm-hmm. yep, exactly. I kind of I kind of miss those old days with the starters where it was okay. These are your two core. This is your hero. You yeah. know, it's gonna, it cost you a hundred and twenty bucks. But at least, at least you had something to play a 500-point game, and it was legit. It was a, a legal list. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, good stuff, man. Well, let's uh, let, let's keep it rolling here. We get, we're up to that that, that that point in the show. We got the closing thoughts coming up. But folks, I'd like to apologize to everyone about whatever this audio uh, issue is. I hope and thank you all for for, for staying with us uh, through the show. We are going to look into this and see what what exactly is going on. Our levels appear to be good here, but you know what? We're going to look into it and see what's happening. But thank you for. Um, for, for sticking with us uh, through all of this. So, so here it is, man. Here's the, uh, here's the closing thoughts, and I'm going to take them today. So, you know, I, I gave this a lot of thought, especially with everything going on with COVID and uh, the shutdown and where our gaming and our hobby is at. And, you know, looking back at my years in, in the hobby, and here's, here's I guess, another sub-question I'd like, to, I'd like to ask every single one of you. 
you know, in what way has your gaming tastes changed over the years? I, I think that's a pretty fair question to ask anybody. You know, what, how, how has your gaming taste changed over the years? You know, for me, I'm 46 years old. You know, I, I'm an old guy, man. I, I got to tell you, my first rule book just said bang two rocks together. I mean, I was rolling dice with pebbles. I mean, it was a long ass time ago. But I can say that, that my tastes have changed entirely over the course of the, you know, last three or four years. Um, heck, much less when I first started in this hobby, you know, way back uh, almost 13, 14 years ago when I started in this hobby with my son. And back then, I loved playing long games. Of course, that was Warhammer Fantasy Battles, and that was, uh, a, you know, sort of a well-known thing. You were going to get a six-hour game in, and that was considered average. And, but I loved being immersed in in an army uh, for, for as much as I could. I, lo- I loved exploring every nook and cranny of it. Uh, and even though that's still somewhat of the case, I, I, I don't have necessarily to get buried in, in the minutia of an army anymore to enjoy it. Again, my, my tastes are, are changing a little bit. You know, and here's the thing. I know that I briefly mentioned this just a few minutes ago, but did you know that at one time I played 1,000 Nobblers in a 2,000-point army back in Warhammer Fantasy Battles? Um, in Age of Sigmar, I have an army of 300 Nobblers. Nobblers, the greatest unit in the game. That's all I'm going to say about that, and, and, and everybody knows it. Deep down in those places you don't talk about, greatest unit in the game. And... I used to play those armies quite often, you know, all those freaking models on the table. You know, now with Sons of Behemoth, like I said before, I'm, I'm really warming up to the idea of 10 freaking models on the table. I mean, I love my six Stonehorn build with, with my Maw Tribes also, by the way. I, I, want, I want to throw that out there. So tastes change. You know, speaking of destruction, uh, I, I've migrated to that familiar play style of destruction armies. I guess you could say I'm, I'm, I'm more into the the fun now and not so much into the the thinking while I'm while I'm playing I guess the best way to put it so so taste change but you know the 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 love of the game hasn't and 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 here's the secret sauce of my little closing thought here for 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 those of you that still understand the fun of the game or the camaraderie of the gaming group this is going to fall on deaf ears for you but never let the rules or the style or the number uh, in this game take away from its real purpose. And that's the social contract that we talk about here on the, on the show all the time. The social contract of gaming. You know, we, we, we all have that with each other. Even the guy that's across the table that we don't really know at a tournament. You've got a social contract. And, and always try to build the community because that's what this is about. The people that are pushing those little plastic little dollies across the table. Not those little dollies themselves. I mean, when you go out to that local store and you buy a box of miniatures, when you open it up, it doesn't come with a friend. Period. So I want you to remember that. You're, you know, your gaming group, your pals, that's why you're really getting into the, into this game. and That's why you're purchasing that box of miniatures. And that's the relationship we talk about. Tastes in this game, you know, can and should change. You know, whatever you're playing now. Now, I think anybody that decides you're not going to play Nobblers, you should be, you know, thrown out of the tallest window we could find. Nobblers are the greatest army, greatest unit in the game. And and for that particular case, I question anybody that doesn't carefully play Nobblers and and have reverence in them like I do. Uh, But... um, you know that's that's part of the relationship thing. Uh, I force I force on all my friends to like novels. All right, no, I'm kidding with you. But but really, I mean, gang, tastes in in this game can and should change. But the fun and and why we do it, why we get dressed up every day and go out there and game and do those things, roll dice with our buddies, that's what they should be. But you know, don't let the tastes kind of take you away from, uh, you know, the 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 entire the the entire experience of the uh, of the game itself. 
That's it. That's my closing thoughts, man. That's what that's what I've got, man. That's it. Well said. So that's it, man. I mean, so so did, you were kind of giggling there. Did you have anything you want to say about the Nobblers? I mean, they're they're the greatest unit in the game, there, you bastard. Uh huh. Greatest you Greatest unit in the game for taking up space and nothing else. Randy, do you hear this crap? Do you hear Do you hear this stuff? I got to put up with with this guy every single day. Every single day? Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gang. Well, that's it, man. That's uh, we we've kind of run over. We, we're 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 kind of talking through two little soup cans on piano wire and driving all of our listeners crazy. We will work out this audio problem. I'll look into it and see what's going on here. But thanks for letting us all know and sticking with us, guys. Another great show, and that's a wrap. So please don't forget to hit the like or subscribe button and follow our podcast if you haven't already done so. And if you don't, here's here's what I'm going to tell you again. The grim dark goons are going to come over your house, and you know a couple of our new listeners here. You know Chris and and Jeff and and some of the new listeners. They're going to come over to your house and your neighbor's house, and they're going to switch out your neighbor's cats for your dog and the dog for your neighbor's cats. And neighbors are going to think you stole their dog, and you're they're going to think that you stole their cat. And next thing you know, it's going to be a whole like you know Hatfield and McCoy war thing, and you know people are going to be throwing cat crap and dog crap at each other, and the neighbors aren't going to be talking anymore. People are going to move out. Total communities are going to fall out and ruin all because why? You didn't hit like or subscribe on our podcast and follow our podcast. Like and subscribe on our show. You see see the trouble that you can cause just by not doing that. So please. For the sake of your neighbors, the dogs, the cats in your neighborhood, hit like or subscribe and follow our podcast. See how easy that is? Right, guys? Did you even take a breath when you said that? Jesus! Did you know Did you know something? Did you know turtles can breathe out of their butthole? <laughs> okay. I just thought I'd just throw that out there. I, I, I think we should wrap there. I think we're good. All right. Well, folks, uh, thank you all so much for being with us this evening. And Grimdark Live is going to be back next week with better audio, I promise. Uh, We're going to be back next week at 7.30. So until then, roll them dice fun and fair. And don't be a freaking short pants. Bye. Night, everybody. From Dark Live, we'd like to thank you for slumming it through another show with us for all things dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf in the Age of Sigmar worlds. We'll be back live next Thursday. So until then, remember, roll them dice fun and fair. And don't be a freaking short pants. And if you missed the live show, you can catch us again right here on the next Grimdark Live podcast. Never fear, gang. There'll be more great content from Grimdark Live throughout the week with Monster Mondays, Table War Tuesdays, Warhammer Wednesdays, Grimdark Grudge Matches, and a ton more. So stay tuned and stay grim, all you dice-chuck-and-glue-sniffing gamer goons. You're all awesome. Looks like I picked the wrong week to stop sniffing glue. Remember, embrace the main message here from Moondark Live, and that's a social contract we have between gamers and the commitment we have to each other and this community. We're only as good as our last game. Check us out at GrimdarkLive.com. Don't forget to give our channel a like or subscribe if you haven't already done so. So long, Grimdark Goons. Until next time, may the dice gods bless you and your sweaty palms. Bye. Short pants.